they used to have questions, but apparently nowadays people are more interested in either pop culture or I don't know, looking for people who ask questions. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed this phenomenon too. Like people are just sort of, uh, I would say, blank. Like they've they've become sort of blank, right? Like they uh, they just go from like one fad to another, and um, uh, I guess they do have those questions, but uh, I guess they just don't really care about them anymore. Uh, would would you say that's the case? Yeah, it looks like questions are buried under manga, anime, or whatever is out there. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Um, I think sometimes it takes like a push to get those questions out of them. Um, yeah. And when they're put in like certain situations, then those questions happen. Um, I know. Uh, do you remember uh, when we first met? You know, when we had the uh, halakas the first time. I mean, just being introduced to those ideas that, and in the beginning, I mean, it mm -hmm. was sort of like shocking. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين uh, السلام عليكم everyone welcome to another episode of the Safina Society podcast uh, this is your host uh, Nazmul today and we have a very interesting episode um, we want to discuss uh, is theology relevant uh, to our daily lives we also want to discuss the relationship between uh, religion and science and scientism and naturalism and all of these uh, other things that are uh, in people's minds today. And with us here today uh, is a new guest, uh, Dr. Yusuf. And uh, Yusuf and I go way back. Uh, so I'm going to ask him to introduce himself to us. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for Thank having you me so today. So yeah, uh, you and I, we have been together for quite some time. So I, I was at Traxtell doing my PhD in computer science and you were a student there. So we yeah. were having Halakas back then. So I guess, when did you start? Was it, I started at 2010. Was it 12 for you? Or? It was 12 for me, yeah. I think you were, uh, you were my TA for one of my classes, if I, if I remember correctly. And okay. um, uh, uh, me and Khalid, remember the, the Kuwaiti, Kuwaiti person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, what would happen is, um, uh, both of us would attend, uh, Yusuf's Halakas, uh, Brother Yusuf's Halakas. And, um, Brother Yusuf was actually very interested in Nursi and Islamic theology. So, that's actually where, uh, my interest started as well in these topics. So, yeah. um, so, uh, Brother Yusuf, what do you, what do you do now? Like, uh, well, yeah, after PhD, now I moved to Penn, uh, Department of Radiology. I do uh, network neuroscience in there, mm. like brain images, how brain structure is related to brain's function, so this sort of research, and also some traumatic brain injury research I'm working on nowadays. Oh, so, but your PhD was in computer science, correct? Yeah, so, so it nowadays it's mostly like data analysis, like analysis oh, of... Uh, brain data from a graph theoretical perspective because mm. so, brains are like networks and my PhD was on graphs which are networks oh so I see this is how we merged together very interesting uh, but uh, did you also have to learn a lot of neuroscience and biology 
to oh yeah definitely like i took some classes uh, like i audited the classes also reading a lot of papers for sure i'm trying to catch up it's a steep learning curve because there needs to be a switch of mindsets from computer science engineering mindset to a clinician's mindset it's quite different so. i see so you would say that you went from being a computer scientist to also you know like uh, a real scientist scientist right yeah uh, uh, well it depends it depends what we mean by real real scientist but uh yeah i mean in in the realm of computer science it was more numbers and theory mm-hmm. now uh like hands are getting into some dirty job dirty meaning bloody because brain mm-hmm. i see <laughs> but, uh yeah, it's it's now touching human health human life more than it used to before mm-hmm. uh but I don't know. I my heart is still with numbers. I see. Yeah, I mean uh, numbers is incredibly important for for science and you know uh, regarding today's topic uh you know some people would say that uh numbers is all that there really is, right? Data, numbers, science, analysis. Uh so brother Yusuf, I mean you're a scientist, right? You're uh, working in, you know, one of the top research universities you do science specifically neuroscience um uh, and computer science so what are your thoughts about you know the achievements of science and uh, i mean do you i guess do you agree with uh the popular scientists that say that you know what we need is more science and less religion and uh, things would be better in the world right yeah actually uh maybe we should first separate uh science from scientists but when we generally talk about such people i guess we have a certain uh, certain type of scientist in our minds and uh before i talk about this maybe i should talk about the scientific languages that are being spoken out there mm. so uh i guess i can make a classification of four so first uh but again this conversation starts after separating science from scientists because scientists are using the language so we are going to get to science later on but for scientists uh the first language that we use is in the lab so we do research we know the limitations of uh what we did what it might mean what it would not mean so in our meeting rooms we are very honest uh and we know our limitations the second language comes when we start writing a paper So in that paper we need to sell what we found and we need to polish all the parts that are good and mostly hide the limitations because if you look at the papers you will see that there is a single small paragraph to the end of the paper which says limitations mm. but even there are limitations but it's not really limitation this is how the wording is being done uh, but aside from that there's this discussion section of the papers in which there are a lot of may might this might indicate this may imply because uh we avoid making causal statements because it's almost impossible if not totally impossible to prove a uh causal relationship so you just generally what you show is just some sort of a correlation and uh, there's a trend that are working together so how do you explain this you simply say well this might indicate this finding might indicate that this does that so there is no certain statement in there everything is good so far <clears throat> but 
Now the third language comes, which is uh, textbooks. If you open the textbook, the textbook starts speaking certain, says, well, this gene does that, this does this. Uh, by citing the very same paper that, that are speaking in a very weak language. Mm -hmm. So moving from here to there, the language changes. And I guess this is very much related to the audience because now you are speaking to college students and then uh, apparently people don't want to sound like, well, there's not really that certain sort of a thing. So uh, then there's this certainty starts appearing in there. But there's this fourth language, which is the science communicators, like those, uh, as once you were saying, actually, uh, like a white man with a British accent, uh, especially with the professor title, biology, much better. <laughs> right. Then uh, with this certainty, this, such people are speaking as if this is how it happens for sure and there's some sarcasm in their language. There are a lot of jargon, because mm -hmm. although you're communicating this to people, like lay person, uh, hiding behind jargon, uh, because if somebody speaks to me with a jargon and I don't want to look stupid, I just laugh and say, yeah, yeah, of course, but I understand nothing out of it. So hiding behind either titles or such know, big words, mm. uh, speaking as if this is how it is this gene does that and or uh, over centuries this is how we evolved and now here we are so as if these are very clear-cut things so this is the problem with scientists mm. but how about science so what is science science is uh you're observing a pattern because mm. The universe is laid out that you see that things are happening within an order, within a pattern, and uh, you want to observe pattern. You are trying to find out uh, what comes first, what comes next, uh, how the things are being ordered. And then this part is quite straightforward, and this is what we do the whole time. I mean, if you were back in the days, you want to go, let's say, thousands of years ago you need to wake up what time you're going to go and work in your field like even if you were a caveman you would explore for patterns right but making interpretations out of those patterns is where things start getting blurry so this is why uh observing pattern and interpreting the pattern are two separate things we do observe patterns, but when it comes to its interpretation, how do we interpret? This is the question. Today's science is interpreting it from a certain perspective, and you're not allowed to uh, make an alternative interpretation. I mean, your papers would never get published anyways. So, uh, I mean, there's this sort of a mafia over there also, because uh, there are limitations, certain limitations, certain assumptions, initial assumptions, which is, uh, give me an explanation of the system from within the system. So in a sense, it has to work by itself. This is the initial assumption. This for is, another, this is uh, naturalism, right? Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah. yeah. And also there's another assumption, uh, which is just existence exists. Mm -hmm. There's no questioning of 
how things come into being. And I want to underline how here, how things are coming into existence. This is not in question. So for example, if I put hydrogen and oxygen together, water forms, we say. So what do you mean by water forms or water comes into being? How does this happen? So it's mm -hmm. just like it happens. But we are trying to see the order in which it happens and just observing the order and stating the order, we feel like as if we are explaining how things are happening. Mm. See. So, so for example, just to open up this how part a little bit. So let's say uh, a gift comes to your house. Mm -hmm. uh, and interestingly, it's your birthday and the you were in need of a specific thing. Let's say your phone was broken and now you are in need of this phone and you have a phone in your mind. Okay, I, I want to buy this one if I have enough money one day. Hmm. So your doorbell rings, someone comes like a FedEx carrier, hands you over a box, you open the box, it's the phone, exact phone you're looking for, it's your birthday. So. You get excited, you are now happy. So then your friend comes and says, why are you so happy? You say, well, here's the gift, it came to me. So why, why do you say it's a gift? It's what I see over here is just like a uh, box. And from it, there's this uh, electronics. Yeah, okay, it's a phone, let's call it a phone. Uh, but it came to me and I was in need of it. No, no, look. Look at the procedure. It came to you with this FedEx carrier. I see. Mm. I'm explaining you how it came to you. It just came from the store mm. by this FedEx carrier. If you like further, let's follow the path of FedEx carrier. He get off mm. this car. Actually, he put this phone into this car from this center. And then it, since it goes too far, you say, okay, let's stop somewhere. Mm. But uh, do you really need even to go uh, this much of a thing to uh, discredit FedEx carrier from being the source of this gift. So right. is FedEx carrier giving you this gift after this, I don't know, several stages, mm. uh, does it explain you how it come to you? Partially, mm. yes, it's part of the how question, but uh, it doesn't really explain how it really came. Because mm. what you see in this gift is somebody knowing you, somebody loving you, and wanting to mm. show their appreciation of you, somebody sent this gift. This is the real... Uh, the, the meaning real. behind it, right? Yeah. Mm. So there, the, but if you close this part altogether and you take it very, uh, I would say, from a material point of view, like the, the thing itself, the phone has moved in all these stages and now it is here. It doesn't explain uh, how this happened completely it does it partially in terms of ordering of events but uh what makes it that this comes to you mm. is somebody knowing you somebody caring you somebody loving you all these sorts of things are coming into the picture so um i want i, I just have a lot of questions about you know everything that you've said um so if the scientific process isn't you know giving us the full picture of let's say events or uh, phenomenon, then, then I mean, wh why do we do science, right? Like, what is the purpose of it? Um, 
is it simply uh, because it's useful in a certain way or uh, something else, right? So, uh, like, it depends. If we take science as observing of patterns, it is something that you always do because mm -hmm. uh, even my little daughter, mm. now she's observing, she wants to know how to walk. And mm -hmm. in order to walk, she needs to observe how it is, it must be made to walk because it's something that she wants to do. She doesn't want to crawl anymore, it's tougher. So an easier way, she needs mm. to walk and for walking, she needs to observe. So yeah. uh, I guess there's this aspect that there's this order in this universe and uh, in order to achieve something, you need to follow the order. Okay. And we want to achieve things. So uh, this is why observing the patterns and trying to get the language of this existence mm -hmm. and complying with it, we want to achieve some results. But uh, achieving these results are only part of the story. I mean, uh, walking or flying, going to the Mars, these are only part of human questions. There are much more important human questions as well, for mm -hmm. which these achievements should be uh, like some steps taking us to answers of those questions. What do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. So, death, death is over there. And uh, I'm worried about it. And it's not only the death that comes after 60, 70 years. Every moment is dying. All the joys that I experienced, they are already dead. So, which even makes me sometimes question, why am I going to looking for another joy in the next moment if it's going to die? And even I am putting a lot of effort to achieve this joy. And then it's also going to disappear. What's the point then? Why am I putting... Uh, 50 hours my, of my effort, or even, let's put it this way, mm -hmm. one year of your effort to get two weeks off. And those right. two weeks off is going to end and all the joy will be in the past. So what's the point? So, uh, okay, achieving something, this is why we do science, because mm -hmm. we want to learn. We want to also uh, get some achievements, but these achievements, unfortunately, uh, mostly stays in nowadays stays in the material part of things um is i mean it's very interesting that you mentioned that that uh we as humans have uh much bigger questions than just you know how to get to mars right um death is a a perfect example uh and some other very very big questions like you know what's the point of my life uh what's the point of the experiences that i have um What's even the point of having this I-ness about me, right? Which is something very strange. Um, but coming from the perspective of, uh, let's say, an atheist or you know, a sign scientist, a bad scientist, um, I would say, okay, well, the scientific method or however we do science, it has proven very successful. You know, we've been able to create weapons. We've been able to conquer the world, conquer nature. Uh, conquer just about everything, you know, cure people from diseases that they could never have had, uh, improve, you know, plumbing. And now, you know, we have, we can fly in the air, subhanAllah, right? Um, so why don't we just stick with that method? Because it's been so successful, why don't we stick with that method um, to figure out also these big questions, right? So for example, uh, an example 
of the question of death. If we stick to these methods, then we'll just say that, okay, death is just part of nature and, you know, you die, nothing happens. Uh, and you're just, a, you know, a sack of atoms. And, and then when you die, you just, you know, you just merge into the unconscious, the, the universe, and that's it. So wouldn't, uh, couldn't a person, you know, make that claim? So, um, I mean, when we say using science's method to explore, it's again, se separating science from scientists, it's, it has nothing to do with not investigating the universe. You keep investigating the universe. Mm, okay. and, uh, still, you can use uh, the same methods in terms of, uh, let me see how this is working. If I don't add this, is it going to work? If I add this, is it going to work? Like this sort of procedure is going to continue happening. But the point is, uh, am I searching for meaning behind things? Because okay. if we start talking about this, it becomes, well, this is metaphysics. Science doesn't deal with that. Yeah. Uh, but is this correct? Shall it be like this? Because mm. uh, nowadays, scientists are putting this method as the way of achieving truth. But it's not giving me the full picture. Like, uh, and I don't want to talk about those human questions as some philosophical arguments or debates. It's very real human problems. And while we are discussing about anything, let's say when we were starting the podcast, we said theology, this and that, these are very loaded, heavy words, which are very distant to life, as if it's luxury. In your spare time, if you are in a good uh, financial status, now you have time to fancy about those things, and then you can use them in your uh, like coffee break when you're having some intellectual talk with Nazmul. No. Like, uh, death is a real problem. Mm. And death of my moments are even more of a real problem. For example, my mm. cute daughter, her cuteness is okay if she stays like this forever, like one year old, very cute. But the cuteness is disappearing and this hurts. And mm. even sometimes I think about this is something that didn't happen yet. But when I look at her, like her uh, beautiful face, I touch it and I just think about immediately I go to future this uh, skin becoming wrinkled she's an old woman now and I'm already dead so it hurts so why 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 is this happening why am I here where did I come from where am I going to these are very real problems real questions and why am I struggling for achieving more so I need to find answers to those questions otherwise it shouldn't be like, I'm trying to justify uh, being a Muslim because I was born into a Muslim family, so I need to come up with an answer to those questions so that I don't look uh, silly in front of people who are justifying all the things that they say. So in this regard, we need to come up with, with answers to those questions. Current scientific uh, approach doesn't bother. I mean, it says right. this is our concern. But uh, the question is, is it not a human concern? Shall it mm -hmm. not be my concern? Uh, and especially since the current method with its limitations are being presented as the way to go, mm -hmm. uh, it, it feels like uh, you're coming up with a pill, medicine. Uh, it solves some problems and you say, just use this one for whatever you have. I see. So uh, this is where the problem is starting from. But also, 
again, don't forget to separate science from scientists. Because what scientists are uh, using, and may, again, thinking about those four separate levels mm -hmm. of scientism, uh, it's even a totally different thing now. Because mm -hmm. if once you start saying that uh, this does that, I mean, this, mm -hmm. uh, your genes are making you, for example, if you make such a statement, right. this is, I mean, forget about solving your problems, it's causing you a lot of troubles also. So it's not right. being neutral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it was neutral, you say that, okay, this is science, what it does, so you can do whatever else you want to do on top of it. How you do science is also very much affecting how you look at the universe. Mm. So uh, this is why I guess uh, using that language was important. Your approach is important because nowadays, generally, I would say, I mean, uh, all the things that I say can be challenged by uh, like saying, oh, this person is not doing that for sure. Uh, but we are talking in terms of generalizations. And uh, I guess since our audience is maybe at the college level, mm -hmm. so uh, at the college level, at least, the way uh, we take science is. So uh, we just try to explain things. This is, uh, I am entering to this world and uh, I don't want to, like there are some preconceived ideas of religion, God, science, whatever. And I say, okay, nothing else. I just want to understand uh, if this gene is going to make me smarter. Mm. And then how do I test this? So I add this gene, let's say, into uh, a mice, 20 mice. And mm. there is another 20 mice to which I don't add this gene. And I keep comparing if the ones with that gene are better in exploring the maze, then mm -hmm. I say, okay, this gene makes mice or mammalians smarter. Mm. And this is being my reasoning about gene doing something. So uh, it sounds, at least in our college level understanding, mm -hmm. it sounds very straightforward. And yeah, I proved. So is it the case though? It's, uh, but wouldn't that, so the difficulty that I sometimes have with that idea is, um, yes, the gene, you know, when you do that experiment, you clearly see a pattern between the gene and the result that, the supposed result that it's producing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's the, what's the, um, what's the problem, I guess, of just stopping there, right? Like, don't we have, you know, as Muslims, don't we have uh, our religion, our deen, and we can just say, okay, look, you know, this is just a pattern, and, uh, you know, uh, Allah put the natural things uh, in their place, and they just happen by themselves, and Allah created the world, and, you know, now, you know, we don't need to worry about it. So you'll, you'll notice, you'll notice that a lot of, um, a lot of, Muslims are actually, you know, they do a lot of engineering, they do a lot of science, and they don't seem to have a problem with, I guess, the, what they're doing inside the lab and uh, their faith, so to speak. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So why, why go further, right? Like, why not just stop there? I think uh, there is some issue with that uh, position. Because, for example, when you were speaking, you said we as Muslims. So uh, it feels like we already put ourselves into a certain group and uh, we think like this so we go like this 
Mm. I'm going. To, I'm dying personally. I have a very personal problem of death. Right. So I need a very personal conviction. Mm. By uh, belief is not blindly accepting something like mm. iman is security. Am I right. secure? Am I convinced about uh, what I'm following? Mm. This is why uh, you cannot inherit belief from your parents mm-hmm. because it doesn't make sense. I mean, although some uh, faith people of some certain faith says, okay, you inherit, uh, you inherit your faith from your mother, whatever, mm-hmm. and we mock them, like we as Muslims, as you were saying, mock yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But no, let's be honest to myself. What do I think? Am I inheriting my faith from my parents? Am I being secure because my father was saying so? Isn't this the very thing that Quran keeps criticizing? Right, right. So, in my personal life, so uh, am I convinced about this sort of an experiment? Hmm. Like, let's go back to uh, adding this gene, we observe it without adding it, or even we can take a simpler case of mm-hmm. uh, we add water to this plant. If I add water, plant grows. If I don't add water, plant dies. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, water has a role in the life of this plant. It, maybe mm-hmm. it's not the only thing, but it has a share. So uh, is this a proper reasoning, really? Does it prove anything? So for that, uh, I'm going to give another example, a more funnier one, which mm-hmm. might make things a little bit more clear. Like there's this experiment of Paolo with the dogs. Uh, right, yeah. So uh, Paolo has those dogs, and uh, before feeding them, so he, he initially rings the bell. Dogs are dogs, bell is bell, no interaction. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, he rings the bell, then feeds the dog. Rings the bell, feeds the dog then rings the bell and doesn't feed the dog and dog starts salivating so mm-hmm. his dog now makes an association between food and the bell ring mm-hmm. so uh most of the time we are looking at world like the dog is looking at it so mm-hmm. as if the, this association between the two is a causation because each and every time food came after the bell and when there's no bell no ringing, there, were, there was no food. So then the dog said, well, it looks like bell has something to do with the food. Bell mm-hmm. gives the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all the jumps that we right. make. So this is how we observe in the existence. We always observe life after the water being in there. We never mm-hmm. observe life when the water is not there. And then we jump to the conclusion, mm-hmm. make the causal statement that water gives life or water has a share in giving of life in mm-hmm. either case. So this is not a logical conclusion. It's not, uh, it's not a proper conclusion. It's not a proof anyways. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is how it keeps happening. And we say, well, it, since it keeps happens, happening like this, so it must be. But uh, this is not a correct reasoning in terms of how it happens. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, if you go back to Paulo's example, how does the uh, dog get fed? Mm. Paulo's get, gives them food. Right. It's not that Bell is giving them food. It's simply an association, right? Yeah. So mm. it's the mi- uh, mixing of association with causation. Mm. So I can, yeah. So I can see. I guess I can see the problem that could arise because 
if if you believe that the the water has a share in giving life to the plant then um you know i guess this is explaining a lot uh you know when i used to read the quran you know when i was a, a you know dumb materialist and whatever um you know allah's talking about um i sent you know send down the rain and uh grow the plants from the ground and you know raise the dead earth back to life and there was always a little voice in my head uh and i, I you know i don't believe this anymore by the way but just just to say there was always a voice in my head i'm like okay yeah yeah you know photosynthesis you know the water cycle blah 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 okay allah does that too i guess right so there's yeah. always this um i would always skip over these verses and just like oh, okay you know let me just get through this let me get to the interesting stuff the stories and whatever right mm -hmm. uh and i would always find these verses astaghfirullah you know uh, redundant because oh we already have an explanation for that uh mm -hmm. but i guess allah's you know somehow making it happen as well so yeah. so i totally get how just you know believing that water is somehow giving life to the plant is uh, problematic but the the question i have is um from purely from the perspective of let's say a person that is not muslim and you know he doesn't have a background in any of this theological baggage right uh the person might ask okay uh, okay so the water might not have a share in the the giving of the life of the plant there might not be a causal link but the question is then what is the explanation you know how do we how do we find a true understanding of it without jumping to you know magical thinking right without yeah. saying you know zeus or poseidon or some other god or you know the rain god is making you know doing it or the earth god is doing it but how do we how do we not get into that magical thinking and arrive at a is there an alternative view that's basically that's the question yeah i guess uh the standard you mentioned is a very important just mm. at least being able to confess this asking this question is very important yeah but in order to come to there i would like to give one more example uh, this time from Quran, but uh, I'm going to give the example from Quran, but uh, I'm not saying that it is a good example because Quran says so. No, you judge it for yourself mm. if it makes sense or not. Right. Uh, so Quran gives the example of uh, Abraham, Ibrahim. Mm. So That's in cool. his people are I idolaters, like mm. they are worshiping to idols, and uh, he says these idols are not able to help themselves either. Mm. Why are those people doing that? So let me give them a lesson. So what he does, when people are not there, he smashes all the idols and leaves one of them. And just to make it a little bit more caricature, uh, let's assume he put the axe, mm. the axe that he smashed all the idols with, he put it to the neck of the one, the biggest one that he left mm. intact. So then he leaves the scene. His people come and uh, they say, what a disgrace, who made this to our gods? And then they say, well, there was a boy uh, named Ibrahim. He was messing up with your gods. Ask him, maybe he knows. So he bring him in and he say, uh, oh, Ibrahim, what happened to our gods? And then Ibrahim points to the, uh, the big idol, which stays in text, says, just ask him as if and they say you also know that this doesn't talk <laughs> then uh ibrahim says so you think this is the thing that you worship to 
Mm. So uh, what is happening in that? What, Quran is teaching us a very beautiful methodology in there, how to evaluate existence. Mm. It says, look at the things, look at your idols. Uh, in my previous example, water was an idol. Mm. I was saying that water gives life to plants. Mm. So uh, Ibrahim says, okay, do you think so? Let's put the X to water's neck. Right. He's sort of making an equation. He's saying that on one side of the equation, uh, what was the scene? It was smashed idols. So smashing idols, what does it require? It requires that you must be mad with it. There's some sort of a competition or whoever made this must be able to move, must be able to know how to move, mm. must, should have a will, power, oh, right. hatred. All these things need to be on one mm. side of the equation. The other side of the equation is this idol. Mm. Apparent cause is this idol with the X. Okay, X is there, X is required. But idol is not satisfying any of those requirements. Meaning the idol doesn't have the things you mentioned, like it can't yeah. move, it doesn't have the will and so on. Yeah, because wow. these are the necessary ingredients mm. of this act. This is why uh, automatically people, when they see the scene, they said, who made this to our gods? And then they said, there was this Ibrahim who was messing up with your gods, go and ask him. So because you are looking for Although in the scene, the only thing you see is bits and pieces of broken pieces of idols. There is also something in the scene, which is hatred you see in the scene. You see that somebody functioned in here. These are the things that you see. I mean, you don't see this in particles, right. but uh, I mean, it's pretty much like how, what you see in a book. What you see in a book is just ink, but it's not ink you see in there. You start reading the book immediately, right? Mm. So... This is what people did. It's very simple. It's a very human thing to do, actually. Mm -hmm. And this is what Ibrahim was showing them. This is what you keep doing the whole time. This is very human. But when it comes to worshipping, this is what you were worshipping. Mm. So just his uh, making them question themselves. But what's happening is, this is what I'm going to bring the conversation to. They didn't say, oh, yeah, Ibrahim, you're right. <laughs> so because uh, Quran says, they, from within themselves, they said, oh, you're wrongdoers. To themselves right they confess this to themselves i confess it to myself i say that it doesn't make sense that water does it right but am i immediately starting to search for if not water then what mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i say well water seems to be the best candidate anyways because right. because i am searching for the cause of life from within this existence although uh. nothing seems to make sense I mean, water doesn't have power or will. Likewise, mm -hmm. sun doesn't have it. Air doesn't. Anything that I see around this plant mm. doesn't have it. But I have to find a cause for that. And since I am searching for the cause only from within this existence, mm. I guess I'm going to say it's water. Although I know that it doesn't make sense. But this is the best explanation I can come up with. Is, is, would that be the same thing as uh, saying, like, let's say, Zeus on top of Mount Olympus or this idol does it? Like that would be the same thing, right? Because Zeus and the idol are within the existence as well. Yeah, Zeus, Zeus is the same as water. I see. Because the problem with this sort of an understanding is still you are imagining a cause like water, mm. but a little bit more advanced. 
still within the limitations. So then what is the alternative? I mean, it's a good question to ask what is the alternative? And this is mm. the question we need to ask before anything else. Mm. But, mm. but here, before you give the answer, right? And uh, I mean, uh, we've had this discussion so many times and uh, there, was that, there was this, uh, I would always come back by asking you, you know, why can't Adams uh, hold the, the place of, uh, of, I guess, the, the life-giving force, so to speak, right? let's say water, you know, water is this compound thing. It's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's the result of other things, right? So, okay, it's a compound thing, but isn't an atom the, the most fundamental thing that we have, right? And mm -hmm. like the scientists say, the chemists, you know, the, these atoms are just randomly sort of, you know, uh, uh, going around in existence and over thousands of years, they've come into an order and now it's these atoms that are the, the source of all the order that we see in the world. Like, can't we, can't we make that argument? Because they are the fundamental building blocks of reality, right? So uh, we need to analyze what we are saying really in there. Mm. Because a lot of things are being hidden behind those words, those concepts. Mm. There are multiple things we are saying in here. And each one of them needs to be addressed separately to see how nonsensical we are talking really. What I mean by that is, so we say, sometimes we call it, uh, we name it a law. And we say that law of, I don't know, chem chemistry that much, uh, high school had been quite behind. So like, uh, I don't know, fusion, whatever, we give it a name uh -huh. or osmosis. We say that, okay, this is osmosis that's happening and this is why the plant is staying erect, these sort mm -hmm. of things. So uh, thus, what do we mean by a law makes something? This is something that we need to ask that question. What do I mean that a law makes it? This is one explanation we have. Let's first address this because another alter, uh, explanation would be what you just said. Uh, maybe it is the building blocks themselves are tiny, teeny uh, agents. Right. And they're acting. This is another alternative we need to address. Right. Let's go quickly go with the first one. What, mm. When we say laws do it, what okay. do we mean? Laws do it. So uh, just to give an equally absurd example, but it's absurdity is more clear because uh, it's not going to be in a textbook, just mm -hmm. I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh, so for example, I, I observe that my neighbor, since I am this inquisitive neighbor, I always watch my neighbors and <laughs> try to see what the heck they're doing. So I see that my neighbor wakes up in the morning and I hear his uh, grinding of coffee at 6 a.m. Then uh, he makes his coffee, drinks his coffee. Then 6.30, he goes out with his dog, walks his dog, and runs, then comes back at 7, 7.30. I hear that he's taking a shower. Then I hear that he has his breakfast, goes to work, and then comes back at, let's say, 6 p.m., walks his dog, this keeps happening for 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is the pattern that I observe. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, what, what makes this man move like this? Mm -hmm. Then I call it, uh, let's say, name of my neighbor is Jason. It's the law of Jason. <laughs> law of Jason is what uh, constrains this guy. Because mm -hmm. I haven't seen an alternative. He's the, <laughs> right. the same thing again and again. There must be something that constrains this guy. 
So I imagine a uh, like some blocks that restricts the sky with this law. Mm -hmm. Law, I mean, but another day, Jason comes out and he's not walking his dog. Perfectly fine, right? Mm -hmm. So because what I was observing was a decision was being made. It was being made consistently. That's fine. But the point is this decision was being made each and every time. Mm. So when I say a law does it, what we say as a law is nothing but a certain knowledge. Law doesn't have as, uh, like it's not something as like rigid, something. I mean, it, right. it doesn't have any power over anything. Like mm. I stop in the red light right. because of the traffic law. Mm -hmm. Is it the traffic law that stopped me? Is it the police that stopped me? It's, it's you that stopped you, right? I and mean, I choose to stop. Yeah, right. That's it. So when we say gravitation, like gravity pulls mm. things, mm. what do we mean by gravity pulling things? So this is why, especially as it comes to communication of science, and eventually even the scientists will start believing in gravity pulling something mm -hmm. because uh, it's like a complex concept being put into certain words mm. and as if this explains everything. So no, laws doesn't do anything. So if we say uh, osmosis is doing this to the plants, yeah, is it is it because um, like like you mentioned the the languages of science where the there's a conversation between scientists where everybody's frank and then it gets simplified down into a textbook form. So is this because uh, um, a very complicated concepts uh, are put into one word, right, or a law of this law of that, and then people start using it so often that it becomes like almost like an idol that, okay, we found the explanation. Is that, is that the reason why that people believe this? Partially, yes. Mm. Partially, yes. But even when you have this frank conversation within scientists, oh. it's not that there is well-established truth, which is mm. undisputable, and it explains everything, and we are building things by putting these building blocks together. Right. No, it's all over the place. The same thing is all over the place. And mm. the very issue at the very core of this problem is we take existence for granted. Mm. We never question uh, existence. How? Why? There. Right. We just as if assume this is why there's this uh, idea out there also. Uh, like the matter is eternal. Matter always right. exists. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to question this. You don't want to question if... Uh, matter was or is created mm. but uh is it really the case don't you observe creation creation meaning something coming into being out of nothing i mean it didn't mm. exist before now it exists so if you say well matter is eternal as if you're assuming that nothing is being created anew right right no it's right in front of my eyes i mean a new creation is always right in front of my eyes Hydrogen and oxygen is in there. There is no water. Mm. I mean, nothing of water. Then, like, you can even imagine a, uh, a universe in which there is only oxygen, uh, hydrogen and oxygen, and nobody mm. has seen water. Okay? <laughs> right. So, in that universe, you put hydrogen and oxygen together. Hydrogen sta stays as hydrogen. Oxygen stays as oxygen. Nobody would say, well, there should have been water. Right. You could, you could imagine that possibility. Yeah, mm, right. but now water is being given existence, which has a totally new qualities mm. than the previous one. 
So, which means hydrogen and oxygen is now annihilated. Because when we think about hydrogen and oxygen, we think that, okay, these are protons, neutrons, electrons. Mm -hmm. Since, for now at least, we think that these are the building blocks we cannot divide further. Yeah. 10 years, 20 years, it's going to be split further. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, all we are talking about are qualities. Mm. Hydrogen is our certain quality. Oxygen has certain qualities. Water has totally different qualities. Mm -hmm. But those qualities of water was not there. Now it is there. So it is being given existence now. So where did this come from? So when you say, well, hydrogen existed uh, eternally, oxygen existed eternally. My question is, water didn't exist eternally, but now right. water there. You'd have to admit that every single new thing that comes into being have also somehow existed eternally, which is a contradiction because if it did, it wouldn't come into being. I mean, I, I didn't right. observe, but I think, I mean, I can right. imagine, but mm. well, water was hidden, now it is there. <laughs> right. No, water, right. Water was not there. Mm. And what right. do you mean by hidden? So uh, in this regard, this idea, like even in the, la like in Frank scientist to scientist discussion, mm. this part of the uh, story is never discussed. Like mm. you always take existence for granted, and which is a huge problem. Mm. And uh, going back to your initial question about uh, like we as Muslims, as they would say, yeah. uh, this understanding is very much in there too. I see. So they'll they'll say we as scientists, right? Instead. And uh, also, I mean, uh, like you, I mean, uh, I also had the same issue. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. Uh, I was working very hard to get into a university, those university entrance exam. Mm -hmm. I need to just memorize things without questioning. But I was also a religious guy. But this is how, what I was questioning myself. Well, where is God then? But when I say where is God, what I mean by, I'm not looking for God to pinpoint with my finger, mm. but uh, when I look at a plant, I see photosynthesis. When I look at, uh, I don't know, uh, chemical reactions, I see just laws acting in there. No need for God whatsoever. Mm. So as you say, I was saying, well, okay, God is creating all of them. Mm, I don't need that explanation. It, I mean, it, it doesn't function really. It doesn't right. help at all. So why bother? Mm. But what was the root cause of all those problems? I'm not even questioning the very existence of things themselves. And uh, mm. hydrogen, oxygen coming together, water forms. Under, behind this word forms is a lot of things. It's a single word. It hides a ton of things. For example, we say, okay, there's this light. Uh, electricity converts into light energy. What do you mean by converts? Just a single word as if we explain everything. Mm. Because uh, I used to think about, in my childhood, it was a surprising experience for me. Uh, there was a chocolate shop in our hometown, and there was a faucet. So uh, from that faucet, the guy turns the faucet, chocolate comes out. And I remember uh, being mesmerized by this, oh, in our house, Faucet <laughs> pours water in this shop. Faucet pours chocolate. Chocolate, right. Interesting. If I ask that question to my father, let's imagine. Mm -hmm. Oh, father, how does this happen? And my father says, oh, very easy, son. This faucet converts water into chocolate. <laughs> I mean, right. what, what do you mean by converts? So the, the mm. same thing. We say uh, 
electricity is converted into light. Light is a separate thing. Electricity is a separate thing. I mean, the things that I didn't observe in electricity, now I do observe in light. So mm. something new comes into being, but I'm not questioning that. Why? A yeah. single word, convert. Convert, yeah. It explains everything. Yeah, so, the sa same thing with a force, right? People say, oh, what, what uh, pushes a car or whatever? It's just a force. Yeah. Mm. So we need to question those basic things. I, I, don't, I shouldn't be buying into them. Mm. So once you having this sort of, uh, conversation even in in a uh, scientific environment nowadays if I have such a conversation which I tried in the lab they would say okay let's I mean this is all you think too deep this is very philosophizing whatever I mean, this is uh, nobody questions this and makes science and then eventually the scientist says uh, no God whatever whatever so this is where things are all getting messed up and mixed up mm. so what I need to do I mean, let's forget about all these, but what am I supposed to do then? Because still, uh, coming back to your question about this water molecule, laws doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't provide any explanation. Right. So how about, I mean, if there's an action, there must be a door. I guess this is basic human uh, condition. Mm -hmm. I cannot, like logically, I cannot think of a, an action without a door. Mm -hmm. This is a priori. So then maybe what are the apparent agents in this uh, ordeal with the plant and when i point there there's a plant that's why i'm pointing mm -hmm. to there so uh okay then maybe the building blocks in there are tiny teeny uh, particles so what do we mean does it make sense if particles would and i need to consider this seriously not just to uh, I, well, I already arrived to a conclusion and I, I'm trying to justify it. Not like that. Seriously, can it be particles? So uh, what is required for that plant to exist as it is? Let's explore. When I look at it, I see that this plant is benefiting from sun, benefiting from atmosphere like the oxygen uh, or all the gas combination in 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 the atmosphere. It is in relation with the flies or the, uh, I don't know, bees. Mm -hmm. It's in relation with different animals. It requires the seasons to happen. Mm -hmm. So just for that plant to happen, as if how to benefit from sun needs to be known. How to be, mm. uh, because what a bee would need needs to be known mm. or what a fly would need mm. or what sort of uh, air conditions it needs because this is living right now. Generally, we have this narrative that uh, if you set it up once, it will keep working. Right. I mean, if mm. I set you up as a good student at the beginning of college, you condition you, or I said, okay, Nazmul, you need to be very successful. Mm -hmm. How long would that work for you? I mean, you, <laughs> right, constant, yeah. Yeah. you constantly need to choose to work. You need to uh, keep yourself motivated. Right. It's a, every single step is a choice you make. You put effort. It's not only cho choosing, but putting effort. Your mm -hmm. power, will, knowledge, all of them gets together and you eventually graduate and it doesn't stop there. Up until mm -hmm. you die, you need to work, right? Mm -hmm. 
So this plant, it keeps working. So, and it needs to take into account each and every moment. What if sun will not, I mean, sun must rise today. Mm -hmm. Because we think, again, in this deterministic mindset that once you set it up, it works. As if sun has to rise today. Right. If, now that we are evaluating the idea of every single particle is an agent, which mm -hmm. means every single particle must make these choices because choices are being made. Mm. This is something we observe. Right. It could have been like this, it could have been like that, but it's being chosen to be like that. So definitely mm -hmm. a choice is being made. So who makes this choice? Is it particle? If it is particle, then that means infinitely many choices, real time, are being made by every single particle, must be made. But mm -hmm. the problem is that since every single particle in this existence is so interrelated with each other, mm. every particle needs to know every other particle in this universe. Right. Because what is it going to do if it goes to another point of yeah. the universe and how is it going to fit in into that yeah. uh, sphere? Wow. Okay. I mean, tomorrow, uh, the particles in that specific bee mm. or bee colony says, okay, uh, change in plants. <laughs> These are going to look like, uh, I mean, different. So, mm -hmm. and then the plant will say, oh, why didn't I tell, tell it in advance so that we were going to accommodate to your change? So, and so oh, forth. Like, this is how it happens in corporate mm. world, right? Right, That's right. why you keep having tons of uh, meetings mm. because uh, a, part, a small part of the company decides within themselves to change their how they operate right, right. and the rest of the company says wait you cannot do that mm, <laughs> because right. we are working as a body mm. so we need to be in, uh, we need to be coherent oh, the, wow. in the universe i do observe this order this coherence mm. uh, so it requires that every single particle has the knowledge of every other particle mm. every single particle has a control over every other particle because this particle needs to say okay you go here you go there uh, because I have this idea, this is the most optimal way of doing things. So all of you should obey my plan. Mm. At the same time, this particle which has power over everybody else is going to be under the power of everybody else because it's going to receive comments mm. from everybody else as well. Think about your job. Mm. Every worker in your work environment, since there is no, uh, like, in this model now, Mm. There is no optimal truth because truth is being decided by you guys. Right, right. So you say, okay, in my mind, uh, if I, definitely I am the boss, then you should be the cleaner guy. You should be the coffee maker guy. Ah, oh, you can be CEO, this and that. Then you just assign jobs to people mm. from your head and you say, this is how you should be doing it. Mm -hmm. Your uh, lab mate, like play uh, friend sitting next to you has a totally different mindset now. So you need to both uh, have power over him. Mm. Like if you assign him to be the coffee maker, he needs to be the coffee maker. But at the same time, in his plan, if you are a coffee maker, <laughs> right, so there's there's a, a contradiction there, right? Yeah. But a, so, but but so nothing would end up happening because you have uh, all these conflicting commands. Yeah. So this is not something that I mean. This idea of then every particle must be doing itself just collapses because I don't observe. I mean, nothing would happen, but I do observe an ordinary existence here. Mm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't match. Very interesting. So, so you say, well, particles, mm. because uh, I mean, this is what, how I used to think like light. We say it's uh, 
laws of optics, right? Mm -hmm. It's now a mixture of laws and uh, particles. So right. we say, okay, photons come and uh, pass through this light, and I was mm -hmm. drinking tea back then. So I was saying that, is it the photon that decides to uh, get reflected and refracted when it hits the glass? Mm. Is it the glass which says, if a photon comes, I'm going to break it, change its course? Uh -huh. mm. Or is it a law cloud? I don't know what a law is, really. Yeah. But it is what i mean it's neither the uh, glass that makes the job nor the uh, light that does the job because mm -hmm. a choice is being made right but it is some external entity which i call as a law something cloud-like but it takes the photon and changes its course mm. so if it was either photon or a glass i would imagine photon says okay today for the past billions of years. I have been doing it like that, no more. <laughs> or Glass would say that, okay, oh dear Photon, I used to hate you guys. This is why I was ch changing your course. But from now on, at least for two hours today, pass through me. Mm. I'm not going to mess up with you. I mean, such a thing, if such a thing would exist, there wouldn't be any science. Because what is science? Science is observing patterns, which right, means there right. is order. The science mm -hmm. itself is, I mean, just the very existence of science says there is order in this existence. If there was no order, order, there wouldn't be any pattern to observe for science. Mm -hmm. Definitely there's order. Right. Uh, if every individual was agents making choices, you wouldn't observe any order. I mean, it's a logical mm -hmm. contradiction. It's not like very, very unlikely. No, 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 it's, it's mm -hmm. impossible. So because there's going to be those contradictions that we mm -hmm. mentioned. So, so you, okay, so just to summarize, we're seeing order in the universe, right? Uh, because we're doing science, obviously, it assumes that we must have order. And we went through how, uh, you know, the, the idea of a law doesn't really help us explain this order. And the idea that the atoms themselves are creating this order also doesn't help us explain yeah. this order. Um, Just though in there. Yeah. The idea of God not helping in the sense that if I use the word God or Allah as a mm. replacement word for nature, it doesn't make any sense. I see, I see. Because God needs to be your conclusion. Mm. God shouldn't be used at the beginning of a sentence such as God does this. Mm-hmm. Right. You cannot say that. I cannot say that. Mm. I mean, Quran can say that because the speaker himself is the creator. The creator says, right. I do it like this. It's right. a totally different issue. We need to right. uh, I mean, ask the question, why do I need scripture? Why do I need wahi? This is a separate discussion. Mm -hmm. And why wahi uses this language, this is a totally separate discussion. Right. But for the purpose of our discussion right now, if I say God does this, what is God? Mm -hmm. Right. God is your conclusion. God is not your starting point. This is why if I say, rather than saying nature does it, laws does it, if I say God mm. does it, it's, it's going to sound equally absurd. It's, it's interesting because the kalima itself, it begins with a negation, right? The, yeah. the shahada, la ilaha, right? Yeah. There's no God. Exactly. Uh, illallah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, uh, is that somehow related to what you're saying? Exactly. This is the very beautiful summary of that discussion would be la ilaha illallah. Because what we have been doing so far is la ilaha. Mm. 
because we said that uh, particles cannot be ilah, particles mm. cannot be God, laws cannot be God. Because I am observing something being done, and I'm mm. looking for what does it, who does it. Mm. I mean, it's pretty much like those Agatha Christie or Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. So, right. I mean, there are there is a crime scene, and you are looking <laughs> right. by collecting evidences. You are trying to find who could have done it, who cannot. So, let's mm. say you have five potential. Uh, what's it culprits yeah. and one by one you're going through them and you say that well this guy was at that place back then so he cannot be like you, you mm -hmm. discard that so when i look at here i see that well it looks like water because around the plant it's water it's sun it's but none of them can be as ibrahim salam's example right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh because you look at the one side of the equation the other side of the equation if you put the idol to the this side of the equation, it doesn't match. But if you put Ibrahim to the other side of the equation, it's a perfect <laughs> it match. It matches, right? right, yeah. So now let's come to, let's conclude that uh, conversation then. Mm -hmm. It's not laws, it's not chance, it's not uh, <clears throat> particles themselves, mm -hmm. it's not nature. I mean, uh, what we were discussing was when we say, well, it's natural. Uh, it's natural means either it's by chance, it's mm -hmm. natural means either uh, it happens by laws mm. or what we might be well it happens by itself it happens by itself means particles are or whatever tiny teeny uh, building block you can think of mm -hmm. these are the agents that are doing it mm. which is a total absurdity so right. next time when somebody says well it happens it happens by itself you should need to think about it such an absurdity mm. actually I, I'm talking about just mm. uh, replacing the words but this is what it boils down to so, yeah yeah so so the if if we eliminate all these possibilities then it seems like uh the the cause of all of these things must be outside the system itself right outside the entire system of nature the universe whatever it is that we know to be reality it has to be not from that yeah when, the reason, when, yeah yeah the reason for that is because anything from within the system doesn't uh fit into the equation mm. Because what, what we were saying, especially when we were discussing the particles, yeah. uh, this particle needs to know everything else in this existence. Mm. So such a comprehensive knowledge is required now. All-encompassing mm. knowledge. And this single particle needs to have power over everything. Because moving of this particle, like moving of a particle in my eye, yeah. is related to the moving of the sun. Sun needs to rise and this eye is going to function with it. Mm -hmm. So whoever is moving this particle in my eye must be able to move the sun. Subhanallah. Right. So, which means, I mean, you extrapolate mm -hmm. sun, galaxies, and everything. Whoever right. is moving a single particle is the one, must be the one. Let's mm -hmm. use the correct wording. Whoever moves or has the power over a single particle must be the one who has power over the whole existence wow so which means if you consider s such a thing to be within the universe it becomes a contradiction because mm. if such a thing is part of that universe then you you start imagining that one that thing as of type of universe meaning it must it's going to occupy some space mm. going to be in some time Mm. So which makes it 
like another agent, another particle, but you, in the first place, you already negated the idea of such a thing having power over things. Mm. So it becomes a circular type of reasoning. Yeah. Mm. This is why you say whoever, so first of all, there must be someone, a conscious mm. being, all-powerful, all-knowledgeable, but it cannot be of type of a water molecule of a, I don't know, carbon atom or anything of this sort. Anything that I know of in terms of uh, human attributions, mm. human, not only human attributions, any sort of attribute that I can give to, mm -hmm. smell, shape, size, time, this and that, these are all the negations that we do with la ilaha part. We say mm -hmm. not, so the doer of this has to be beyond all of that. Because anything with those qualities, I already observe in the existence, are incapable of giving existence to the universe as I observe it. So this is why uh, Allah, at the end of this sentence, La ilaha illallah, there is no God but God, this with capital G at the end, this Allah means that. Mm. That, so, that force or whatever it is that, that is outside the system of the universe yeah. that has all power and yeah and this is part of like aqidah we, we memorized it in our sunday school but we never maybe questioned it so far but this is what it means that god is uh beyond space beyond time beyond this mm. memorizing it doesn't really help but if i arrive to that conclusion myself mm. i mean you need to walk me through that quran makes me walk through that actually mm -hmm. and i guess ibrahim alayhisam's example being the very simple clear-cut explanation for such a thing very beautiful though mm. and i guess this is what miraculousness of quran is i mean it has a linguistic miraculousness mm. but i'm not an arabic expert maybe i'm not able to appreciate this aspect of miraculousness but i can appreciate that aspect of miraculousness mm -hmm. with such a simple language proves you explains you this very beautiful methodology and even summarizes it in a single half a sentence la ilaha illallah this is the mm. summary of this very beautiful approach, which at the end gives me a perfect conviction that, yes, there must exist such a being. Otherwise, mm. I cannot explain the order that I am enjoying, mm. that I am benefiting from. Yeah, you've, you've given us a lot to think about, obviously. And, and perhaps, you know, listeners would have to repeat and listen to this again, just to clarify uh, and get a better understanding of this. Because such a, uh, you know, it's sad to say that we've been indoctrinated since childhood into thinking, you know, like our science textbooks. And I guess this way of thinking appears new, right? Uh, but the fact of the matter is that it only appears new because, because we haven't thought like that for so, such a long time, right? Um, so, Otherwise, I guess, yeah. This is totally in there. Like if I... Uh, this is why Quranic approach is what this is, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, if you don't want to like turn the pages of Quran, just looking at La ilaha illallah mm. is a very beautiful explaining that. Mm. The, I guess the, the conclusion of all of this, I would like to ask, you know, I, I want to go back to the beginning of the podcast where we talked about asking the right questions, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, the, the most important questions in life aren't, uh, like you said, uh, if we're going to get to Mars or if we can do space travel or whatever, but 
how do we explain death? How do we come to terms with, um, you know, the bad things that happen to us or uh, why do we even exist at all? Um, like how, how does this conclusion of there being a creator, so to speak, help us? Like, oh, how, why does it matter? Right. Okay. There is a creator. He's doing everything at every instance of, of our lives. How does this benefit us? Yeah. So then now I have a, I have something to hold on to. Mm. So I have an answer. There must be a creator. Mm. This is just the beginning of the journey. It's not mm. the end. It's just the beginning. Because now I say that, okay, if since there must exist a creator, and I'm not saying there is a creator because there must be, I haven't seen him yet. This is what belief in unseen means. There must mm. exist such a thing. This is my conclusion. Then I'm expecting answers to my questions from that creator. Mm, I see. Why am I here? Where am I coming from? Where am I going to? Mm. Because apparently death is annihilating us. Are you going to give me a life eternally? Because I have this feeling of desire for eternal life, eternal happiness. I didn't create this. Why do I say I didn't create this? This is the conc my previous conclusion, right? Right, right? Everything in this existence is being continuously created. Mm. So it must be that feeling. So yeah. you are the one that gives me that urge, that desire for eternal life. Are you going to give it to me? Okay. Because now I have an address to ask my questions to. Previously, I didn't have this. I had right. to figure it out by myself. And since I couldn't find any answers to them, I said, well, just leave the moment. Everybody is dying anyways. Why bother? Mm -hmm. I, it was not helping. Right now what's happening is I'm saying, okay, now that there is an order, there must be an order. This is my conclusion. Mm. And it looks like the whole existence is his speech. Mm. Like the universe. I mean, it's like a, uh, I mean, these are also, these are, these artwork are written in text, but uh, let's say a painting. A painting is words of an artist. An artist speaks to you with, with those shapes, right? And also this artist wanted to speak to you through those shapes, which are letters. Yeah. The universe is such a speech. Everything, I mean, your eyes are words. Your feelings are words that your creator is speaking to you or a rose, a sunrise. So what do you tell me, oh, my creator? In our previous example, this uh, FedEx carrier brought you this uh, gift. Mm. Even if no word was written on it, you know that somebody is showing their appreciation to you, right? This mm. is a message. It's a word. Mm -hmm. Or a, uh, let's say a boy buys this bunch of roses to the girl. What is it? If the girl says, why did you brought me those phosphor and carbon and just throws it to the face of the boy? <laughs> right. Everybody knows that this rose is words of love, unspoken words. So the universe is unspoken words of the creator. Mm. And it tells you a lot. But you say, okay, oh, my creator, you speak to me with the sign language. And I get it to some extent. But still, I'm not able to crack some of the questions. Why am I here? Where am I going to? Okay, looking at this sign language, I came to the conclusion that you must be there. But 
you, you keep giving me those questions as well. Those questions are being created in me. So I'm asking you, and you also gave me this speech when I'm communicating with uh, Nazmul for the last one hour. Mm -hmm. I didn't just jump up and down and speak with a sign language. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking with human language. So I would expect my creator, the one that creates me with this human language, to speak to me and give me answers in human language. Mm. So this, this is what would lead us to searching or trying to search for a revelation. Yes. So mm. revelation must exist. Mm. I would say, uh, I mean, even if I haven't heard about revelation, I would expect that my creator must talk to me. Mm. But then, how is your creator going to talk to you? Because is just a text, would, was, would it be enough? Well, uh, I am, when I go to the school, there are textbooks, but there are also teachers. They are showing me hands-on experience, how it's done. So mm. I am in need of uh, a human to either, like two options, either my creator should talk to me directly mm. and be my teacher or show me a human example who is going to be the best, who understood it best, mm. but instructed by the creator directly got everything perfectly mm. and now is going to instruct me so that I can go and learn from that instructor. So, so I would search for my answers from those resources. And these so are... That, that would be a prophet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, these are like my inevitable conclusions, logical conclusions. Mm. And uh, then I would start searching for meaning. And now mm. when searching for meaning, I'm not blind. I'm not by my, myself because mm -hmm. my initial conclusion that there must exist a creator that gives existence to everything leads me to the requirement or quest of so that creator must give me the answers. I'm not going to find answers by myself because, I mean, water cannot give life to plants. Right, exactly. Am so I, how, how can you find the answer to the yeah. secret of the existence by yourself, right? Because it, it, it sort of boils down to, I will create the answers. Mm. I don't have them. Right. I can't create anything. I cannot even lift my hand. Mm -hmm. So I find myself to be lifting my hand. The reality right. is. Mm. So this is how interesting this existence is. I don't know which chemical reactions or what muscle, right, right. whatever. So likewise, I am in need of being given answers. That's all mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. And I will ask it from that source now. I know that there's this absolute source, eternal source, the creator, which Quran says Allah. Other languages say different names. Mm -hmm. So, but this I am in need of to respond to me. Now mm -hmm. I have an address to ask my questions to, and I will receive answers from them. So going back all the way to, all the way back to this, uh, our initial question why do we do science mm. to conquer the world to achieve something right mm -hmm. so actually it all if after all these conversation now that i arrive to the conclusion that there must be an absolute source a creator who gives existence to everything mm. then why even for understanding some question why do i need to question because if i don't question i don't get the answer right Therefore, if I get the answer, then that means I found the answer. 
So, mm-hmm. or my questioning gave me the answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, the same fallacy is there, right? Right. As we have been doing with the plant and the water. If it is not the case, then why those prior things needs to happen for the results to come into existence? If they are not the cause, what are mm-hmm. they then? Mm-hmm. If water is not the cause of plant, mm-hmm. plant's life, why water is being used in there? You, you mean, uh, you mean uh, just to simplify for our uh, audience, you mean why, have, why make it seem as if two, one thing is causing another thing when they're not the cause at all? Like why, yeah. would, why would this creator uh, do that in creation? Or a more relevant version of that question mm-hmm. is, if my questioning is not the uh, cause of finding the answer, right. shall I bother with questioning? Right, okay. If God yeah. is giving me the answer, Mm-hmm. Shall I uh, just try to think too much about it? Mm. And and I guess an even more relevant question is like, why get up from bed in the morning, right? If if yeah. we are just puppets, yeah. so to speak, you know, in this version of reality that you're talking about, uh, Allah's doing everything. Then it seems like we're puppets, and we don't really have any type of, uh, yeah. you know. So why do anything at all? And. Uh, it had been historically also criticized this way of uh, looking at the existence. Well, mm-hmm. if this is the case, you wouldn't do any science. You wouldn't try to do anything because God does everything. So why right. should you do anything? Right, right, right. The problem is, if, if it is not the cause, then what is it? Mm. It's a supplication. Mm. It's a dua. What do we mean by dua? Mm. So when... Uh, why do you open your hands and ask for something? Because because you don't you don't have the direct power to bring it about, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you know that you are incapable. Let's say uh, Nazmo wants to get married, and he unable <laughs> to. <laughs> then he opens his hand in the darkness of night. Oh Allah, mm. give me this ideal lady that I am uh-huh. dreaming of. Whatever. So because uh, you know that you are incapable of. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to find such a thing does exist, like the princess in your dream, such a thing mm-hmm. really does exist? Or this, since you realize your incapacity and neediness, you open your hands and ask from your creator. Mm-hmm. Water is asking from its creator to give life to the plants because I already observed that water is incapable of giving life. Mm-hmm. So it's actually for me to, it's an we are being, uh, if you like, this world life is a laboratory. The creator puts us into this laboratory mm. and wants us to realize that we are incapable. I am incapable of creating anything. Water doesn't give life. But he says, I would like you to experience this and ask to me to give life to that plant. Mm. This is why. Rasulullah the best example, would at the beginning of each of his actions, what would he say? Uh, He would say, Bismillah. Yeah, in the name of the Creator. So he is pouring the water to there, saying that I'm not the one that's going to give life to the plant. Water is not Mm -hmm. the one that's going to give life to the plant, but it is the Creator. So the water is acting in the name of the Creator. It is the Mm -hmm. Creator that is acting in there. It's not the water. So, likewise, if I'm going to wake up for the day and to work for the rest of the day, I'm saying, in the name of my Creator, I am starting the day and I am in need of sustenance. Oh, my Creator, 
I mean, I can simply ask this by doing this and just don't do anything. The creator says, I didn't only give you tongue. I gave you uh, this body. I right. want you to ask to me with this body language. Mm. I want you to experience, go through life, realize that you cannot create it by yourself. And then at the end of the day, worship. What does worship mean? Mm. Like, Ubudiya, uh, Abdness. Right. Abd is slave. What does it mean? Realizing your neediness. This is really the crux of what you would call as religion. Re realizing your neediness. We just realize the neediness of water molecules. They are incapable of giving life. And I am in need of everything, really. I am in need of air. I am in need of light. I am in need of sounds. Mm. I am in need of energy. Like, is there anything that I am not in need of? Is there anything right. that I can fulfill by myself? So, ribada, worshiping, is just proclamation of this realization and proclamation of this, this neediness. Mm. So, then everything fits into place. Mm. Then, what is my role in this existence? My role in, in this existence becomes realizing my neediness and asking for help. Mm. And you don't need to go too far in Quran to realize this. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah exactly. It's in the first, first surah. Yeah. Mm. From you alone, to you alone, we do worship, which means we are all, and we say we, not I in there. This is so interesting. Mm. As human, you and I, when I say we, I say Nazmul also is incapable. Mm -hmm. And also this water molecule part of my we, I say water molecules are also incapable. We all worship oh, That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah so we are not able to you we worship to mm. nothing else in front of you we are incapable from you we seek help it's only you who makes all the things mm. we cannot so from you we seek help as for my success uh, I am seeking help from him water molecules success in the plant is also mm. asking uh, help from the creator from its creator from our creator mm. And this is why Surah Al-Fatiha, the first chapter, is so beautiful. And we keep repeating it several times throughout the day during the worship because this is really the crux of, if you like, the formula of happy life. <laughs> wow. If you ask what is the formula of happy life, right. is, and then you ask for guidance. Mm. I'm not able to find the right path. I'm in need of solving those questions, finding mm -hmm. answers to those questions. But I, I'm not, I'm incapable of. And mm. this water molecule is incapable of finding its path to the leaf. Oh, creator, guide the right. water molecule to the proper cell in the leaf. That's, that's so interesting. So, um, uh, so usually when people think of supplication, they think of something, well, the materialists or, you know, modern people, they think of something like, uh, uh, oh, you're just expecting, you know, uh, you're just... Uh, praying because there's nothing you can do, right? And supplication is just a cover for, you know, just um, uh, asking for something that's not possible, right? You know how the atheist says that, uh, go jump off a, a cliff and then supplicate to your God, right? Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is supplication, actually every single action that we do is supplication. Yeah. And, and it just defers on the type of supplication that there is. So... Um, I mean, you know, making supplication with their tongue 
is for something uh, is to get something that we can't get directly using some type of action, right? Mm-hmm. And the but the action itself is also a supplication because the actions themselves don't have uh, causal ability. So, I mean, that's that's incredibly interesting. And uh, would you say like? So would you say that you know, um, taking this view of life, it makes, I would say, it makes the ordinary into something. Uh, quite special like would you say that that's true that like now ordinary things become you know you just look at them uh, incredibly differently yeah actually uh everything becomes a miracle two mm. two, two aspects first uh miracle everything becomes a miracle because mm. everything is a new creation now you realize that everything is a new creation right in uh cartoons right every single frame is a new drawing as it passes from your eyes you feel like as if it's a uh moving action mm. but actually every single frame is a still frame everything is being drawn separately right but everything is a miracle like a newborn baby is a miracle but mm. also this plant is a miracle me drinking water and being quenched is a miracle mm. and these are all gifts now F- feel like you are going to the art museum feel the art museum you look at mm. those beautiful paintings and then you st- f- uh, fall in awe Wow, how beautiful. Then you start seeing that the painting is changing with the same beautiful art, but it's mm. changing. You feel, you start seeing, you don't see the brush, but you see that the colors are moving. Mm. What makes you feel that artist is not bad. Artist keeps communicating with me by changing the uh, painting now. Mm. This is how the universe becomes. My oh. creator is constantly speaking to me through this universe. It's not like uh, a conventional religious person could uh, appeal to mm-hmm. Big Bang. God created and left it to like set it up, gave the properties to water to do like this, to carbon to act like that, and set it up, and now it's working by itself. Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense just because of the same reason. Right, right. What, we, what this idea would mean that God gave infinite knowledge to every water molecule, <laughs> infinite power to every molecule, right. Right. but also being under the power of everything else. I mean, it's a logical contradiction. No yeah. matter if you call God does it or nature does it, it's, it's a contradiction. Mm. Nonsense is nonsense. I mean, it doesn't matter if a religious person says it or a scientist right. says right. it. Nonsense is nonsense. So uh, the universe becomes a live communication, a live speech of my creator to me here and now. So I become like my life becomes in this wonderland now i'm in constant communication with my creator and i am eager to explore more so is this worldview makes me just okay just uh don't do anything no doing things now becomes me actively asking seeking from my creator for more Mm. tell me more so for example if uh, think about your favorite sheikh yeah. You ask questions, he gives answers to you. Mm-hmm. You want to elongate the conversation with this person. Right, right. You're benefiting more. You want to ask more questions and he will give you more answers. Mm-hmm. So if pouring the water to the plant is actually asking for my creator to show me that he is the provider, he is the giver of bounties, and when I take the tomato from this plant 
I'm not going to take it as if I'm stealing it from that plant, but, but rather I am taking it as a gift from my creator. Mm. Like this FedEx carrier bringing me this. Uh, I mean, when was the last time you felt like you're getting an iPhone? Have you ever felt like when you get a tomato from the supermarket? Did you ever <laughs> felt like right. this gift you are being given? Right. We, do, we, yeah. just take, uh, we just take those things for granted like completely. Yeah. yeah. And oh. a tomato is much, much, much more valuable than an iPhone, actually. Exactly. Right. But we don't appreci appreciate this. Mm. So if I see the world like this, which I, I am now convinced that Quran is presenting the world to me, if I mm. take it as such, or to the extent that I take it as such, living life becomes much more joyful, mm -hmm. much more alive. Actually, death dies. Mm. The concept of death dies in my mind as it used to be. Now death mm. just becomes a transition because a seed dies and a plant is being given life. Death mm. is not an annihilation anymore. Death is just a different way of creation now. Um. Then all my worries disappear and uh, even if something apparently bad happens, an earthquake, a car accident, it becomes another speech of my creator to me. Mm. Then I will try to understand, oh, my maker, I mean, this coronavirus is happening. What are you saying to me? What, what, what is the purpose behind this? It becomes mm. a conversation. The color of everything changes. And it, it doesn't make me lazy. But to the extent that I am serious about this would make me more hardworking in the sense that mm. I would like more. Right. I would like to have more conversations with my creator. And I would like more gifts and uh, more blessings and uh, the list goes on, right? Yeah, more, more understanding. Yeah, more understanding. And uh, I guess even, you know, exploring Mars. I mean, to me, what fascinates me is I want to explore the space, the, all of the other types of creations that, you know, God has put there. So in that sense, it becomes even more motivating and more, uh, I guess, um, you're filled with more awe when you're exploring nature yeah. uh, versus this, um, I would say this schizophrenic uh, adoration of nature that, you know, scientists have where, uh, well, bad scientists, right? Sorry, you're a scientist as well. No. Uh, that, uh, that, you know, they just, oh, I don't know anything about nature. Everything's confusing. And this is why I'm amazed by it. Uh, to me, that just doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, I think we shouldn't only uh, classify this as them. Because mm. I am one of them. I might be one of them partially. What I mean That's by true. that is, That's true. Uh, am I really convinced about La ilaha illallah? Mm. Or still am I just repeating it because I heard about it? Because mm. uh, taking being a Muslim as a cultural identity with capital M mm. is not helping. If I were to born in a Christian family, a Jewish family, in an atheist family, I would defend it equally zealously. Mm. doesn't mean anything but uh is because belief in this sense the way i understand is my conviction it's mm. not my assumption so i explore mm. the universe as i always do i mean my daughter is exploring just one year old she's exploring mm. it's exploring is human but belief is my conclusion that nothing else explains this phenomenon other than there must exist an absolute creator mm. then what is Islam? Am I submitting to this conclusion? Mm. If there is this creator that creates everything, do I accept this? I mean, although uh, I might be, my heart, my intellect might be convinced with that, 
But how about my ego? Do I still say that? No, no, no. I am smart and I come up with brilliant ideas. I don't want to give away. I want to hold this power. Mm. Or do I release this and say that, no, the ideas are also being given to me by you. Right. I am in need of you. I worship you. And to explain this bodily, put my forehead to the ground, sajda. Mm. So uh, religion in the sense of uh, sharia is the, if you like, material explanation or exposition of this standing. I see. But if I give yeah, yeah. But if I make this uh, bodily expression from meaning, make it devoid of that meaning, it just become uh, physical exercise. Mm. Or this is our way of living, mm. we as Muslims. So, I mean, I don't say that there's going to be a we. Definitely, that there will be. But the way that is being mostly utilized nowadays. It doesn't sound much different than a American nation or a Turkish nation, this and that. Right, right. So this is why uh, I prefer more to say that Islam is uh, this submitting to that truth, mm-hmm. but submitting to that truth not only, uh, well, in my heart I did, it, it doesn't work like this. I'm a student and I... I submitted to the idea that, yes, I am 100% sure I must study hard. I am very much convinced, but I keep playing computer games. I don't submit to my truth because if I'm convinced about it's important to study and learn, then in this ordered universe, within that order, I need to take a certain course. Right. Yeah. So we need, basically what you're saying is, uh, the, the, our actions have to back up our, our belief and those actions determine what, what we actually believe. I mean, there, there is a difference between, yeah, there's a uh, space between the two. There's a gap between the two. Mm. So being convinced and uh, submitting to that conviction, you need to take some further step. Right, right. This, taking this further step, submitting to that truth is Islam. Mm-hmm. And I submit. That's why, uh, like Islam, the word itself is submission. Also, mm-hmm. right. So there's oh, this wow. aspect of peace in there, but also submitting to that truth. So in this regard, I would say I'm a Muslim. Also, in lowercase M, mm-hmm. Muslim, a submitter to that truth. Mm-hmm. But uh, since we are living in this age of nationalism. I am very much fearful of making uh, Islam or being a Muslim as another nation of uh, nationalistic nation. Mm. It, it has, it needs to have, it's in its core, it is this connection with the creator. Right, right. More than anything else. Right. But if we are using it as just another cultural background, whatever, then things are getting polluted uh, and generally we are missing the point. Uh, you know, I remember you uh, saying one time that the the pillars of Iman or the pillars of Aqidah aren't just sort of factoids, but without them, creation itself doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I found that incredibly interesting that, uh, you know, people tend to think that religion is this thing that, oh, you know, some uh, people just created and uh, we didn't know enough, so they came up with religion and but now we know more, right? 
But what Islam is claiming, or at least the pillars of Aqidah uh, are claiming, is that without these conclusions, reality itself doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And if you were to seriously think about reality, you would arrive at these same type of conclusions. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I mean, we could we could we could spend another two hours talking about this topic. I mean, there's so many there's so many things that so many questions that come out of this entire discussion, right? Um, you just we you just touch the surface of this, right? Where how are my actions significant when Allah is doing everything? And you explain that it's because of du'a, but there's so many other things that we could we could say on that topic. Uh, another big question is the problem of evil, right? So evil, you know, why do bad things happen? And can I really interpret, uh, you know, the things that I don't like as somehow messages of the creator? And uh, also, you know, that what should be the proper role of science uh, given this worldview? I mean, there's so many other questions that, you know, we could do an entire podcast on. Um, but we're approaching time. So uh, we've been going on for, I think, more than an hour and a half. So um, uh, our listeners are probably, their brains are fried <laughs> as mine is. Uh, so, uh, Brother Yusuf, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Um, and I think this gives us a different perspective of how to approach theology, right? It, it, well, we didn't use any type of abstract language here, I think. Um, yeah. We were talking about cusp the entire time, but I don't think anybody realized it. And uh, even I wouldn't use the word theology. Yes, it's, it's like theology. What right. Here it is. But actually, what we discussed is about life. Our own right, life. exactly, exactly. So, uh, this is why... Uh, about scientific language as we started mm -hmm. using with scientific language uh -huh. and people uh, hind, uh, hiding behind huge words as mm -hmm. if they say explaining things right when speaking about such real life matters maybe okay the like scholars whatever when they have the conversation in between them they should have those heavy words like mm -hmm. theology uh, and whatnot but uh, you and me, we are trying to make sense of why we are here, where we are going to, why we are right. dying. Mm -hmm. Or as you said, why even the problem of evil is a technical problem. Mm -hmm. uh, why wars are happening or yeah. why uh, like car accident happened mm -hmm. or why is my boss like this? I mean, these sorts of real questions are happening. Exactly. What bothers us more? And who mm -hmm. cares about the, I'm not going to publish a paper in a, a scientific journal, like a philosophy journal about problem of evil. Like, uh -huh. So what? Uh, so it's, it's becoming intimidating. It's it just the conversation becomes out of life. It doesn't help. Right, right. I guess we need to bring it into our day-to-day -day life. And I think that's how these subjects started in the first place, right? People started asking these questions, uh, true questions about life. And then unfortunately, because of terminology and uh, all this other stuff, it gets separated out from, from our lives and we think that, oh, it's not relevant to us anymore. Um, but I hope this, uh, this podcast helped to make some of that relevant. Uh, so, Jazakallah khair so much. Uh, thank you, Brother Yusuf. And inshallah, we could uh, do more of these uh, in the future. Inshallah. My pleasure. Jazakallah Okay. Assalamu okay. alaikum.
تشاشعت عليه ضكاء كلهم ذاق حاله الله الله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله 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 إلا الله لا إله إلا الله Allah, Allah, Allah. 
Allah, 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 Allah,